What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Phil Kaplan is not here because he's either sick with excitement for the... uh, Rivals round clash between Leeds and Huddersfield, those traditional big rivals of Rugby League, or he's dipped below our standards off the field. Uh, one of those is true. Um, I'm not sure which. So we're John Davidson of By the Balls of the Eye of Patreon fame is here. Uh, John, how are you? I'm very well, Rich. I'm very well. How are you? Have you have you recovered from Sunday's um, disappointing afternoon? Well, apparently they were uh, they they lacked desire and were lazy in places, according to the TV. So, which surprised me as a viewer, but you know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what, what can you do? What can I mean? And that that was Wigan with Zach Hardacre, who, as we find out this afternoon, has indeed. Um, and this is this is the problem with this the statement from well, it's not a statement from Wigan; it's a quote from Matty Pete there, quote saying he's dipped below our standards off the field, um, which which doesn't really say much and the fact that he's back in contention next week says whatever he's done can't be that serious but because of his history a vague statement leads everyone to go online and make up things which is a bit of a shame for him but interesting to see Wigan have come out and said this yeah I have no insight on what he may have done obviously he's got a very extensive rap sheet so um, he's fallen below Wigan's standards off the field but um, presumably he's done that (laughs) previously but They've given him another chance, and, and it looks like, um, yeah, I mean, it, you would presume it's nothing too serious because he's only missing one game. But, um, yeah, they've obviously got a lot of good players in the back line there, Wigan, particularly uh, the two fullbacks. So um, they want to find a place to play them as well. So, yeah, um, going to be an interesting game against St. Helens. Yeah, Field was quite good against Wakefield on the weekend, wasn't he? And, and Bevan French isn't too bad, are they, as you say? <laughs> No, they're, they're both not bad players. I mean, I think, um, you know, I thought I thought Wakefield played quite well, uh, you know, for the majority of the game. They probably just, um, I mean, Wigan's defence was immense. They probably just lacked 
a little bit of polish in, in breaking them down in that second half. But, yeah, when you've got Bevan French and, and Jai Field who can pop up on either side of the field and just with that speed to to beat a defender, to break a tackle, um, it's very exciting and it's very hard to defend against. Um, Wigan, Wigan, you know, a real attacking threat. Um, so, yeah, having those both both those players in, in your starting uh, 13 is, is uh, I'm sure, a luxury most teams would like to have. Yeah, not bad. We'll, we'll, we'll look ahead to the, the excitement of rivalry, rivals round, get it right, uh, later. Um, the other news today is that changes on the board of the RFL, but and, and someone who is going to join who we don't know yet because the realignment is still taking place, albeit very slowly. Um, but I guess nothing really changes. The, the key people who have been there forever are still there on the board. Yeah, that seems to be the one constant rugby league. It's generally a shuffling, isn't it? Um, there's not usually a lot of new people coming in in leadership positions or um, fresh faces. It's, it's generally a shuffling around, and that's what it seems like we've got at the moment. Um, alignment is apparently very new and everything's going to be amazing with alignment um, because we're all back together although we all were back together a couple of years ago so how it's actually going to be different um, remains to be seen but yeah um, that is the Kool-Aid that we're being asked to drink. (laughs) Don't don't get us the reputation of being cynical we don't want want people to think we're a cynical negative program again we're supposed to be positive now uh, and generally are. the NRL is ongoing. Nice to see it making headlines on the BBC this week because your fellow got a four-game ban for using a homophobic slur on on the pitch. Um, <laughs> four is is four games uh, about the uh, the par for things in the NRL for that kind of indiscretion. Yeah, I saw I saw a tweet about that. I mean, I, I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, how, how do you gauge how how bad it is? You know, is it is it worse than a racial slur? Is it worse than elbowing someone in the face off the ball, is it worse than the old finger in the date? Is it worse than, you know, the, the family jewels squeeze? Um, I, I, I don't know the answer, but I, I think four games is probably a fair ban. I think it sends a, it does send a message, you know, that that's not appropriate. Um, and, you know, hopefully we won't see it again. But, um, yeah, I mean, rugby league generally continues to enthrall and excite, doesn't it, on and, on and off the field. Uh, and, and more headlines being made off the field in Australia. The NRL season so far, how's, how's it gone down there? Has it been a, a massively successful start to 2022? Yeah, I think it's five round, five rounds in, should I say. Um, and I think at least the first four rounds, everyone's been very happy with the product. It's you know It's been exciting. There's been a lot of close games. There's been some un- unpredictable results. Um, and the standard's been very good. Um, I think there's been some murmurs in the last fortnight or two about, um, you know, potential rule changes and the return of the wrestling. But I think the vast majority of people are very happy with the product. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's been very, what I've seen, I've not seen probably as much as I would have liked. It's, it's been very entertaining. Um, you know, there's been some some fantastic games. Um, and, yeah, it's it's been very good. All concerned ahead of the World Cup that in Australia they're playing the ball correctly and we're not over here. And by the time we get round to the World Cup in the autumn, we're going to be pinged for it in every game. And, and the Australians, and, because they don't need any advantage anyway, they're just going to storm to victory because of that. Yeah, well, I think, I think when you look at it, it's not just the Australians, obviously, who are playing in the RL. It's, it's the New Zealand team. It's the vast majority of the Tongan team. Um, it's the vast majority of the Samoan team. I'd say it's the vast majority of the PNG team, and, and and you know, 
uh, Lebanon, Greece. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, you know, I think I think we saw at the last World Cup when you saw you know big scores being dished out by Tonga and, and Fiji. Even even Papua New Guinea were much improved. And I, you know, I think that gap in competition is um, you know is is there. I, I don't think it can really be um, argued against. So. Uh, yeah, the, the play the ball is one. You just it, it is strange how um, in Super League it's just sort of this sort of rolled concept. I, I, I don't understand it personally. Um, and it's nice we see something enforced. We don't want more penalties and more rules, but it seems like it's a rule that we have that just isn't enforced. Well, we'll get a referee on and ask them about what's going to be enforced and not for the rest of the season because obviously everything's changed after the start with the. Uh, complete ban on anyone having any contact with the head whatsoever, which seems to have eased off in the last few years. And then the AFL disciplinary uh, email has got shorter and shorter because there's less cases for them to uh, less cases for them to deal with you. But the main thing that's struck me this season is no, nothing's happening in the women's game. There's been no, uh, no foul play in the women's game so far this season, according to disciplinary. I've seen three yellow cards, but no... Uh, no uh, further disciplinary action, but Hakim Maloudi, eight games uh, for uh, his actions against Batley, which is already or still being investigated for what apparently has gone on between the two teams as well. And we, we just come off a, a, <laughs> a debate about how Luke Gale shouldn't have got five games because he's famous and here's Hakim Maloudi getting eight games in the championship for, and I haven't seen both of them, so I can't say they're similar, but a, a similar graded incident to uh, Luke Gale. Yeah, well, it still uh, hasn't. I mean, I haven't seen any highlights. But what were his actions, Malouy? What contrary behaviour? What is he again contrary? picking up a picking up an opponent who's injured? So again, without <laughs> it's obviously different degrees of the thing. But he gets eight games. Luke Gale gets five. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't get less or more or whatever. But mm. after we just had a debate about people not getting long bans, here's another long ban uh, to come in, which is interesting. Yeah, I think I think the um, the pullback from the crackdown is interesting too because it, it seems to have been, you know, coaches voicing their displeasure, um, clubs, players, a lot of fans, and and you know they've obviously pulled on the brakes now. Um, you know, there's still the the lawsuit going on. There's still the you know worry about finding a new insurance partner. Um, there's still the sort of um, danger of concussions and and brain trauma. So yeah. I don't think we've seen the last of that personally, um, but but it is interesting. You know, I've, I've watched a few games since it's been pulled back, and there's probably been a few yellow cards that would have been dished out a week earlier that haven't been. So um, it, it's hard to know what is what is and isn't foul play to, to some degree at the moment. And no one can complain then that they're not being given as yellow cards as they would have been because people didn't want them to be given as yellow cards in the first place, which is which yeah, is where we are. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, um, rugby union's you know proposing twenty minute red cards now, so it just seems things have gone a little bit crazy. Um, going back to Australia, the NRL W Grand Final of twenty twenty one has taken place, um, not won by Brisbane for the first time. Uh, Sydney Roosters picking up the trophy in front of nearly eight thousand fans. Uh, and it seems that uh, the women's game in terms of TV viewing figures in Australia is doing well as well. So things pointing in the right direction for the whole game in Australia. Yeah, I think I think the women's game has been, um, I, I've certainly noticed 
the coverage, the media coverage of it has increased a lot. Um, there's a lot of Fox uh, NRL, sorry, yeah, Fox NRL, the um, the broadcast partner, the the Sky equivalent um, is really, you know, it's broadcasting the games. It's really pushing it on these mag on its magazine shows. The likes of Triple M are pushing it as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's really going in the right direction. I think the crowds have been growing, the TV figures have been good, um, and obviously. A few weeks back, they they announced new teams to come in uh, and an increase in in salaries for for players. So it, it really is moving in in the right direction, um, which is you know fantastic to see. Uh, and I think obviously the the women's World Cup at the end of the year is you know going to be a, another step in the right direction. Hi from two at York on uh, Sunday. Uh, obviously York think I'm against them because I tip Leeds and Saints to win everything. Uh, but uh, they beat uh, Alton 92-2, as they should have done. Uh, Leeds 14-0 over Warrington. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Saints 24-0 over Huddersfield. Featherson beat Wigan 12, uh, 12-10 in a very close game on the hourly gap, which hopefully people enjoyed. The semi-finals of the Women's Cup, York versus Leeds, which should be a belter. Uh, and St. Helens versus Featherson, which will also be interesting for uh, other reasons as well. Big fan, though, of Alton taking a kick when 18-0 down. You know, more teams should do that. So You don't well, want to be nil, do you? No, well done, the Raidettes. And, and those semi-finals are next week on the BBC Red Button or on the iPlayer or whatever. And the final, of course, on semi-finals day uh, to Ellen Road. And I've, I've got to give the RFL credit because, you know, we all think, oh, they're going to do something ridiculous. But they actually put the Saints women game, he's on first as we expected. Saints Wigan on straight after. So the Saints fans can go early and watch both games and then bugger off for Hull versus, uh, Hull KL versus Huddersfield. So amazingly brilliant uh, scheduling there by the Rugby Football League. So double thumbs up to them. No, I think it'll be a really, a really good day at Ellen uh, Road and hopefully. Uh... Capacity crowd or near capacity crowd. I have seen at least one person complaining about why the women's final isn't at Tottenham ahead of the men's final. Um, I don't know the exact reason for that. I imagine it's down to the the wear of the ground and cost of hiring um, usually. But the is the eighteen ninety five cup final. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So that's um, so that's obviously yeah. It's, it's we all know why the eighteen ninety five cup exists. Everyone seems to want to deny the reason the 1895 exists is to sell tickets to two more bunch of fans to get into a Wembley or this year's Spurs. I don't know why people get upset about that, but it is what it is. Uh, and, and Sheffield, congratulations to them beating Whitehaven 40 points to six uh, at Featherston on Saturday afternoon in front of 150 people. So, you know, more people went to watch York women on, on Sunday. And that's no knock on Sheffield because obviously they played in Featherston, but... Um, it's the eighteen ninety five could be given an opportunity for two more teams to play in a big venue, and it's going to be a an interesting semi final lineup with the way things have fallen. Obviously, we we spoke about Wigan and Wakefield earlier, but uh, St Helens beating Catalans thirty six twenty on Saturday afternoon. Great performance uh, from St Helens, as I guess you expect week in week out now from Christian Wolfsman, unless they're playing to lose. Yeah, I mean that that just seems to be the, the biggest anomaly you can you can find. I mean, what what happened in Toulouse? Obviously, that game wasn't broadcast live, um, but yeah, I mean, full credit to Toulouse because St Helens haven't looked like dropping any any points. Um, they've been slaying all commas, and you know they look uh, well. They're obviously not uh, impossible to beat, but they look very close to it. So um, yeah, I only saw glimpses of of Saturday's game as I was at. Steve Mascord's book launch in in Huddersfield, uh, two tribes, which is which is out 
now in the in the World Wide Web and apparently in bookshops and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, a, a fantastic performance. You just they just seem to both with the ball and defence, um, just to be be a cut above. Um, it's great to watch. You know, Johnny Lomax and and Lewis Dodd do their thing, and you know Jack Wellsby chiming the line, and and also defensively, just their line speed and and how they um, batter teams when they have the ball. So it's going to be a huge ask for Wigan uh, back to back in the next two weeks. Yeah, seventh of May. I've got it on my calendar. Yeah, so a couple of weeks. It's all confusing at this time of year with the uh, excitement of the rivals round and then there's another set of features on Monday which I thought we got rid of and then we've had to bring them back because we've got the World Cup to fit in haven't we so uh, yeah we're not all about oh wait if you'll play Wigan again I wonder uh, <laughs> um, was it Matty Lee's he's off to off to the NRL is he off the Gold Coast Titans then I've certainly been uh, linked with it obviously his old coach Justin Holbrook is there um, and you know I think there'll be a number of St Helens players who are who have a lot of admirers, um, and that's that's what happens when you're playing in the champion team and you, you're performing at such a high level. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for St Helens to keep all their their players. Um, you know, that's the point of a salary cap sport. You know, you, you, your value goes up and you, you want more money. So um, they've obviously shedded a few players at the start of this season, Lock and Coot and, and Kevin Nagama. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to them uh, in the off-season and, you know, obviously, also their their coach Christian Wolf, who is out of contract as well, so um, he'll have no shortage of of suitors down under. Is this your favourite time of year then? Because it, it is all um, linking people with one place to another, and you can you can fill your page, you know, with stories to annoy people because they have to pay to see who's going to uh, be going here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I actually, um, you know, speak to CEOs and coaches and directors and owners. I don't just Pull it out of the ether. Um, yeah, no, it, it is an interesting time. Of year. I mean, obviously, the, there's a May uh, deadline, so um, players aren't supposed to be offered to other clubs. But as we all know, that isn't really adhered to. Um, there's a lot of speculation that certain players have already signed deals, uh, three-year deals, going to certain clubs. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of movement that's happening and will be happening. Obviously, a lot of players coming off contract and... You know, clubs want to get their houses in order uh, and get a pick up the market. So it, it is a really interesting time, um, both in Super League and in the NRL. Yeah, I only hear about uh, gossip from the women's game in terms of transfers. I don't know anything about anything else because um, I don't know anyone uh, and I don't do any work. Uh, <laughs> so you're in Huddersfield for Steve Mascord book launch number 333. I think he's doing the one in Leeds later in the year. He's coming on the programme. Um, I think you want to do one in Wakefield as well, but I don't think it's very difficult to find some way in Wakefield where people read, you know, so what can you do? <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get him into Wakefield eventually. Huddersfield 24, Hull 16. Um, Huddersfield just keep it, it seem, seemingly improving week on week, which is not good news for Leeds, obviously, this week, but good news for them going forward. Yeah, they've probably been the, um, the surprise back, and haven't they, this season? I mean, last year was... It was pretty tough for them. I mean, Watson's first year there. Um, he dipped back into the recruitment market. And I think, you know, in uh, in Lola Hia uh, and, and Farge, um, obviously two quality playmakers. Um, Lola Hia's in fine form at fullback. Um, we all know how good Terry Farge is his time at St. And I think um, one of the keys has been Chris Hill. 
Um, and I think if you look, I mean, it's not all down to him leaving Warrington, but he's left a big hole at Warrington, I think, in terms of leadership and, and culture. And, um, you know, he's a competitor. Uh, he's, he's a workhorse. And he's definitely added a lot to that, that pack of Huddersfield. So I haven't seen the table recently. You might know better than me, Rich, but are Huddersfield sitting second or third? They are third, just below uh, Wigan and Saints by two points. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fantastic position for, for Huddersfield. I think um, off the top of my head, their crowds have been up this year as well, um, which is, you know, which is a positive. Uh, so, yeah, good times to be a Huddersfield fan. Yeah, they've got leads on Thursday. That should be a certain two points um, for them. No, um, in all seriousness, Leeds have had a week off, so they should be fresh, but... You know, when it comes to Leeds, they still don't have a head coach. Um, they still don't really have any decent halves. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I still think Huddersfield will be favourites going into that game. And I'll be very confident, you know, that's what happens when, you, when you're when you winning every week. You you don't worry if you're, you're feeling a bit sore, sore and stiff um, and things generally come off for you. I know we've been the crowds in the Challenge Cup, but Huddersfield and Hull had 3,637. Wakefield, Wigan had 3,756. And for all pay crowds, that's not too bad, not far behind where Wakefield were the last couple of weeks against Toulouse and Salford in Super League, when obviously there's a number of season ticket holders involved. And Huddersfield don't get much more than that regularly. So, yes, they don't look great in terms of bare numbers, but they're not bad compared to where they've been. And as you say, Super League crowds are up this year, which uh, is surprising because everyone says, you know, no one's going to go watch a game anymore. So that does, <laughs> that does seem to be fairly positive numbers from the weekend. The game's gone soft, Rich. No, I think I, I think the Challenge Cup could probably do with, you know, its own sort of marketing push and, you know, maybe a, a bit of a scheduling move, which, you know, they've tried to do this year. It's, it's obviously earlier. We've got a, we've got a May... Um, final don't we um whether that's because of the world cup or not i'm, I'm not 100 sure but yeah i think i think the positive is as you mentioned it super league crowds are up um there's been a number of sellouts already there's going to be a few sellouts um this weekend and that's a big positive i don't, I don't think there's been a push in or an increase in in marketing spend or ad spend so um you know whether that's just people wanting to be out more or, or what, but I think the the TV ratings that I've seen have been really positive as well, both you know on Sky and Channel Four and and Premier as well. So um, yeah, lots of positives. So many positives. Really, oh, I know. Well, no, the negative is we can't find out the uh, TV figures anymore because they've changed the Barb website and you have to pay it. To get yeah, is that, terms, which is a, a complete sort of Tory, Is that some sort of Tory um, money grabbing? Uh, Conspiracy. I don't know who owns Bob. I don't, don't, we'll get Nadine Dorries on the program. We'll get, we'll get her on. She'll know. She'll know. She won't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's too, too much positivity um, about viewing figures, attendances. Um, Hulky R beat Casper 34 10. Doesn't sound like it was a great performance on the Tigers, but uh, Hulky R continue to uh, improve again. They started slowish, but they've had their injury issues, haven't they? So, going to try some Elliot Minchella, who, as we said before, I always use him as the example of, you see players who um, get away with things time and time again. Minchella had one incident at Leeds and was binned out of things and has slowly worked his way back up and credit to him for that. And uh, Paul KR now with a very good chance of making Wembley, uh, working uh, Spurs, I should say, in, in taking on Hutchins. It's to draw uh, Huddersfield and Hull care I would have wanted because no one who wants to play Saints or Wigan in the semi-final. 
No, no, it's, that's exactly it. I think um, they'll be both relishing the chance to to get to what to Wembley. I mean, how okay, was it? Was it twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen? Fifteen, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that couldn't have gone any worse for them. So I think they, you know, if they, if they can get to to uh, Tottenham, um, they'd be very confident about their chances. You know, a very different team. Um, disappointing about Michael Lewis being being injured, but yeah, they're they're really hitting their straps at the moment. And you, you are right about Elliot Minchell. I mean, there's quite a fair ex Leeds contingent there, isn't there? With you know Ryan Hall and Danny Maguire, Tony Smith. Um, Lots of other people who I can't remember. Um, yeah, Matt Parcell. Um, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, you, you mentioned Zach Hardacre at the top, and uh, Minchella's career has gone different, but he's a very good player. Um, obviously, he had that you know, unfortunate ACL tear, but great to see him um, back and ripping in. I think I think there was some sort of story or some talk about a contract um, nearing his contract. You'd, you'd think they'd be pretty keen to to snap him up because he's he's been great for Holgar. And, and Tony Smith potentially signing an extension as well, which it uh, yeah, yeah. seems to be lukewarm on Leeds anyway. Not that he would have said, "Oh yeah, I definitely want the Leeds job," but uh, he, he's not been uh, putting himself out there at least. No, there's been there's been a lot of speculation about about Tony and Holkar and, and Leeds and um, whether they you know they offered him a, an 18th month contract and he wanted three years and. It doesn't seem to be going to Leeds. That's that's as far as I can tell. Uh, what he told me, um, but yeah, the fact that he hasn't signed a new contract at OKR, you would think is a little odd. But he does seem to be very happy there. Um, although there's there's different rumours about <laughs> about uh, things going on at the club. But look, he's done a fantastic job. Um, you know, getting in the semi-finals, the way they're playing, they're very great. You know, they're entertaining to watch, and, and there's also a real you know long a young group of English players coming through as well. Um, so yeah, you would you would like to think that uh, they'd lock him down for at least another year, if not if not longer. Uh, Barrow bounced back in the championship, beating Bradford uh, by a uh, Jared Samet drop goal, returning to his former club and all that kind of jazz. Um, it, it, I, I am enjoying it at the minute. Everyone going out on loan from here, there, and everywhere. Despite the fact we got this reserve system in place, that that seems to be working well. Um, some of those. Uh, were involved at Cornwall's inaugural game, some would say, or first match at home. Uh, to, <laughs> what does uh, inaugural mean, Rich? Same from Wakefield, yeah. man. Barely got a GCSE in English. Um, Cornwall 40, Midlands 60. Uh, Cornwall, who signed a dual registration agreement with Bradford, and Midlands, who got a couple of Bulls players on loan, including Fogging Johnson, who scored for them. But... Um, 60 points to 14, 14 up at half-time, 1,473 there. This is an interesting test for Eric Perez's skills because at Toronto, they were always going to storm through League One in their first season with the signings they made. This is a completely different situation in a, a completely different sports market and all those things. But as a first attendance goes, that's uh, signs of uh, positivity there. It is, yeah. That's a great that's a great attendance, particularly for, as you said, the first... First over home game, um, you know, and it's League One, which is a league that doesn't get a lot of coverage, a lot of publicity. Um, yeah, but I think, is that 60 points conceded back-to-back? I mean, um, I think, well, I think the West Wales game, considering how West Wales are going, that's that's probably going to be their best chance or maybe their only chance for a win. 
because um, obviously with Cornwall, I think a number of their players had never played rugby league before the season started, which can't be a great um, can't, can't be a great thing. But look, um, you know, fair play to them for for pulling that crowd, and, and hopefully, you know, results disregarding the results, which you know I think it's going to be a a long haul for them um, if they can pull those sort of crowds and, and build a build an audience. That's that's very important. There are teams in the women's super league who've got players who've never played rugby league this year. So um, Cornwall following that method, but uh, sh- sh- so good signs for them. And they played Doncaster this week away from home. Um, Doncaster having lost to Swinton 64 22. So big win for Swinton. Uh, big win for North Wales 54 6 over London Scholars. Again, this, this division is very much almost two separate leagues again. Um, Oldham 100, West Wales 4. And uh, Rochdale 44, Hunslet 20, a much more uh, tighter match as you would expect in between two teams who will be challenging at the top end of the table come the end of the season. Um, West Wales, obviously, it's almost a shame for North Wales that West Wales exists in the sense that they get lumped <laughs> in with Wales is rubbish, we may as well give up, even though the fact that North Wales are you know unbeaten so far this, this season, playing well you know according to the scorelines, but because West Wales exists in back to where they were a couple of years ago. Everything's lumped into uh, one big bin, Mark Wales, unfortunately, for the uh, the Crusaders. Yeah, I mean, North Wales seem to be powering ahead, um, doing quite well. West Wales, I don't really know what goes on there, but they seem to go through coaches, players. There seems to be a lot of uncertainty. Um, obviously, it's going to be hard to attract players, um, you know, but they, they tried last year with the kind of the, the marquee element with Gavin Henson and Rangy Chase and that didn't work. So, yeah, you, you've got a feel for them um, copying those kind of hidings. Did score a try, though. Um, Martin Ridge had 14 goals out of 18. Well done to him. And he scored a try. Well done to uh, well done to Oldham for their first win of the season, albeit, you know, perhaps somewhat hollow. Where are West Wales this week? Um, they're not playing, so that's good for them. Uh, it's rivals just, round. Just jumping uh, ahead before you go to rivals round, Rich. Where where are Bradford sitting on the table at the moment after that defeat? Uh, the Bulls are just inside the playoff zone by two points on points difference above Newcastle Thunder. So they've not obviously set the world alight. Do you think um, you know John Key might be under a bit of bit of pressure there? Well, you would think so, wouldn't you? Um, mm. As a super coach, but does he have the players? Are there, are there players available to him? Is there, is there money at Bradford? I don't know. Um, I think I think there's more money at Bradford than probably most clubs outside of Liam Featherstone uh, in that division. Maybe maybe one or two other, but yeah, it's it's not been. Um, I think if you're a Bradford fan, the you know the talk of a promotion push at the last two seasons has not. Uh, Materialised. Maybe it's smarter not to spend that money when Feathers and Lee are throwing it around and save it for uh, a future season. I don't know. I'm just uh, mm. trying to be uh, put a positive spin on that. But yeah, four wins, three defeats. I think that you know you've got to give them credit for coming back from a big deficit against Barrow. What was it? Um, Eight four down at half time. I can't work it out. But it, they had to score two tries in the last ten minutes to try and get onto terms. So. There's some fight back there, but yeah, you, you'd say you know if they're below, you wouldn't expect them to be below Barrow, would you? And no disrespect no. to Barrow or, or, or witness in, in terms of the way they've been in the last couple of years. So, 
No, that's right. It's uh, it's a tricky one. They've got their big derby uh, this week against Halifax, which is the big derby if you ignore everything that went on. Well, that was the traditional big derby for Bradford, I should say. Or was it Huddersfield and Halifax? I don't know. It's rivalry round, which 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 starts off well and then ends up with like Warrington Salford. You think, no, they're not they're not really rivals, but we've got to sell it somehow. They're kind of close though. They're kind, yeah. they're kind of close. <laughs> they're, 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 they're trying. They're you're trying. So we can't knock them. And I've got to say, in terms of the Challenge Cup, I I play my games on my phone. I keep getting these videos for, to buy Challenge Cup tickets. So you know they're, they're trying their best, even if. Uh, Mrs. Horton's on there trying to sell me Challenge Cup tickets. Well, I didn't. I, I haven't seen the the videos trying to get you to buy tickets, but um, I thought the 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 Sunday game, um, Wakefield and Wigan. I thought it was great entertainment. Um, you know, I thought the BBC did a great job, and it was just a very entertaining game. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of twists and turns. Um, the young the young the young winger at Wakefield. Um, did some fantastic things. Unfortunately, um, dropped the ball <laughs> in the second half when the try was begging. But um, yeah, it was a very entertaining game, and I thought you know that was that was perfect kind of Sunday afternoon um, fair. Yeah, I think Lewis Murphy spoke well on the on the TV afterwards as well. Which it, it, you know these young players need to get that experience of speaking to the the, the worldwide audience watching, and then he did well. Well, he, you know, he scored one try. And it was very good. They're making it look too easy now. The more we see these tries week in, week out, people aren't going to realise how difficult they are to score. But I think also the, the try stopped with the tackle in the corner. I can't remember the win play did, but that was that was brilliant, um, knocking the ball loose. So uh, I think it was his debut against Leeds early in the season, and yeah. it was a pretty hard debut for him. So you know, good to see him, you know, bounce back and take his opportunity with with Tom Johnston now. And I forgot to mention, speaking of Tom's, Tommy Lulaway, he's almost as good as ever at the minute. It's it's bizarre. As long as he keeps his ass in his pants, that would be, um, you can hope. As, as an Australian, are you uh, perturbed that Courtney Winfield Hill's chosen England? Well, no, it's, it's funny you mention that because I, um, I remember interviewing her last year, uh, I think it was around April, May, and I actually... I put that question to her, um, and that was before the World Cup had been postponed. And she said, "Oh, you know, unfortunately, I, I won't have passed the residency." I was like, "Oh, okay." And you know, um, I didn't. I, I was planning to write up that story. I never wrote it up. Obviously, it's been a blessing in disguise the World Cup for for England, and uh, been pushed back. So yeah, um, you know, very good, very good player. Um, one of the best players you would you would say in Super League, and you know, I think the halves. Such a key, such a key area. So um, she's also got experience of the the NRLW, uh, having a spell briefly with the Roosters. So um, yeah, uh, Kangaland, get behind it. Kangaland, oh, fully, fully behind it, fully behind it. I'll, I'll, I'll go buy the shirt. I think they're on, I think they're on sale for a tenner at the minute, uh, which is exciting. I think Gary Stofield's burning them in uh, Belle Isle somewhere in his backyard. <laughs> He's got some knockoff ones. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's a busy week. I, I, I had forgotten we've got two two rounds this week, and, and until I saw um, Gareth Carvelli was on a few weeks ago saying you know players aren't in favour of it, and uh, you know we have got rid of it, and now it's come back again, which is a shame. But uh, what can you do? Doesn't mean we get to see Cass and Leeds on the telly on Monday, so that's fun. But before that, on Thursday, um, the first ever French derby in Super League. Uh, 25, 26, 27 years on from whatever it was, uh, and Paris Saint Germain. <laughs> 
Uh, it's Catalan's versus Toulouse. Maurice Lindsay's dream has finally come true. Um, it should be a fascinating game and, and hopefully a great atmosphere coming across on the TV as well as we know we, we get for a Catalan's home game. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I like to think they can build that rivalry over the next few years, but I don't think Toulouse will be... Uh, I mean, it's not a fait accompli, but I don't think they'll be getting in... They'll be in Super League next year, but great to see, um, you know, and obviously... Sam Tonkins being out, maybe that gives Toulouse a bit more of a chance. They, you know, they did the unthinkable against St. Helens. So um, who knows? They could, they could pull off, a, you know, be a huge upset. I'm sure the uh, emotions will be running high in a true Gallic uh, manner. So if Toulouse win then and uh, Leeds lose to Huddersfield, then Leeds will be bottom. So uh... I will be at Headingley. So we will, we will, I'll have a, a first-hand uh, look at that. Um, yeah, it's not been a great atmosphere at Headingley in terms of uh, local fans this season. So um be interesting to see how many people turn up on, on Thursday night. Hopefully Phil's feeling better as well. Um, yes. Because he'll be there. He'll be there. He'll be there. Uh, he Wayfield, doesn't miss a Leeds game. No. I, I'm, I'm far too confident that Wayfield are going to beat Wakefield. Uh, Wakefield are going to beat Castle on Thursday, which obviously hasn't happened in a billion years. But... Castle got their injury. <laughs> Castle got their injury problems as well at the minute, and, and uh, Jordan Turner's out for the season, which obviously isn't great news for him nor his hopes of playing for Jamaica in the World Cup. But Cast just seem to be picking up injuries here and there, and uh, that's going to be a fascinating game on on, on Thursday because if Wakefield do win and make it four Super League wins in a row, or whatever, the pressure again goes back on Lee Ranford. Yeah, it's been a funny season for Cast. They started so badly. Um... You know, and they obviously destroyed Leeds uh, in the Challenge Cup and, um, you know, put a big score on Toulouse and then, you know, went down from what I saw, at least the highlights, quite meekly defensively to uh, to Hulk KR and a lot of injuries. So, yeah, um, I think that's going to be a, a tight game. Um, and, there, you know, there is a fair bit of pressure on Lee Radford. I was at the, the opener against Salford and I think there was people calling for him to be sacked after that loss. Game one, yeah. Um, Reading to that what you will, but I thought I thought Wakefield. Um, I've seen them quite a bit in the last month. Um, obviously, they had they'd won four in a row going into the Wigan game, and they looked, you know, quite full of confidence. They they do really play some nice stuff. Mason Lino's in in good form as is uh, as is Max Jowett. So maybe uh, a chance to finally break that um, Calder hoodoo. Yeah, just so I can uh, you know. Stick two fingers up at me. My nephew supports Cass. I mean, he's only he's only eight, but still, I'd, I'd still do it. He, he threw <laughs> me. I threw me PS3 controller because I beat him the other day. So yeah, he deserves it. Um, <laughs> Warrington versus Salford. Uh, two teams away for the beaten recently, and again, uh, we talk <laughs> talk about pressure and ridiculous. It's on Daryl Powell as well, of course, and they need to find a win from somewhere. The Wolves, um, obviously, knocked out of the cup and, and in no great form whatsoever at the minute. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's gone wrong at Warrington, um, but yeah, you, I think you know the playing group really need to need to lift um, the senior players. You need you need to take charge because yeah, they've I mean they've not really played well all season. Even you know round one against Leeds, they were they were very lucky um, to scrape that win. They didn't deserve that win. Daryl Powell's admitted it, um, you know, since they haven't played well and things have just gone from bad to worse um, week after week. So you know, you look at that squad. I, th- I think the the common gripe from a lot of Warrington fans is is the pack. You know, there's not enough, um, perhaps enough size, enough, um, you know, different shapes of players. You know, they've probably not replaced, well, I don't think they've replaced Chris Hill and mm-hmm. someone like Ben Murdoch, Masilla, you know, the punch that he provides. But 
Um, you know, they've still got some unbelievably good players across across their 17. Daryl Clark seems a bit of a shadow of himself. Um, you know, the likes of George Williams and Gareth Widdop, Stefan Ratchford. So, yeah, they really, you know, it's probably a good time to play Salford, who are, have lost a few players for the season in um, Sargentson and Greenwood and, and Shane Wright's going to be out for a while. So, um, yeah, I think if they don't get that win, um, geez, you wouldn't like to be Daryl Powell or, or Kyle Fitzpatrick, who's um, copped quite a bit from the Warrington fans. It's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously they, they've tried to sign numerous, well, at least one player from Super League at the minute. If they lose again and they want to sign the likes of a Kalepi Tanganoa, they're going to have to get the checkbook out and uh, put, a, put a few more numbers out there to uh, tempt any CEOs across the competition because they, I guess big forwards are at a premium at the minute. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think um, I don't think Wakefield are going to sell Tangano. He's under contract. I don't think they're, you know, struggling to to pay the bills even with the energy rises. So uh, I don't th- I don't think he's going anywhere. But yeah, I, I think they will be looking for for a player who can come in and bring an impact. They have got a quota spot, but I think cap wise they don't have a lot of space. But um, you just sort of have to wonder that you know what what is the culture there? Orange and have the players got it too good because you know they've got a Fantastic stadium, a fantastic uh, training facility. You know, it's one of the wealthiest clubs, if not the wealthiest club in the league. Um, they've obviously had some success. Well, they've had a lot of success in the last 10 or so years, but they've just not managed to win a grand final, even though I think they've been to four. Um, and there's, you know, they've dropped off at the business time of the year um, for the last couple of seasons. So, um, yeah. They really need to sort out their issues. I think it's a yeah, different issues than what they are at Leeds. Um, but, yeah, um, I think if you're Daryl Powell, you're kind of scratching your head a little bit and, and hoping you get a reaction from your players. The Buffalo Bills of Super League. We were uh, accused of being anti-Warrington on the programme last week for saying that they were under pressure. So, uh, apologies, we, we've done it again. You're Let very me- anti-Warrington. Yeah, anti-Warrington, anti-York. Um, it was brilliant because I just... Um, I, 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 in one of my wild predictions, said that Saints and, and Leeds would be the top two teams in the Women's Super League and York would be third. <laughs> and uh, and then Daylight and everyone else. Uh, and I think I had 13 members of the York squad like my tweet saying, I hope they don't read this. So, uh, go on, York. I don't, I don't dislike York. Don't like Huddersfield. Castleford's 18. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can't you now as well. Um, no, no bad boys in the NRL who can come in uh, for the for the spot at Warrington. Well, it's, it's funny you mention that. I think um, there's been a lot of reports about Anthony Milford, who's escaped some charges that he had in court uh, in Brisbane. But um, I think it's unlikely the NRL will allow anyone to sign him up um, because of some unsavoury activity, or alleged, shall we say, alleged unsavoury activities in the video involving uh, his partner and I think another woman. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a halfback. They don't need a halfback. No. Um, and, I, and I think the other player that's been linked is, well, it's been talked about as Blake Ferguson, who's, um, yeah, had a, an unsavoury incident in uh, in Japan. In Japan. But he's a winger. So I don't they don't need a winger. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I think it is really hard to, to work out how, how, you know, what's wrong at Warrington or how to fix it. But 
it just seems like the players are are too comfortable. Maybe that there's a time for that squad to be, you know, maybe it's, I'm, I'm being a bit drastic, but maybe it's time for that squad to be, you know, ripped up and start a new, you know, a, a rebuild. Um, you know, I, I think they probably think they don't need that. And, you know, it's not like they've got a really old team. Um, you know, uh, I think they've got probably a good mix of, of ages, but it's just certainly something uh, rotten in the state of the uh, Hollywood Jones Stadium. Poor old Warrington. Um, let's get a bit wizzy waskal on Wolfie to do something wacky. And, uh, well, that's that's the, fu- the funny thing. They, they do a great job in marketing themselves and promoting the support um, in trying to engage the media. Um, just haven't had any success on the field <laughs> this year or, or last. Um, <laughs> There's no word from Australia on uh, who's going to be uh, replacing Richard Egg. Gary's back. He's back. He's back now. He's back. No, he had a good holiday. Went out to Manly to to see his family. Um, no, I, I, I've not I've not heard anything. Um, I think you know the same names keep getting mentioned. Obviously Shane Flanagan, uh, Ryan Carr, um, Cameron Seraldo, uh, John Morris. I mean basically anyone anyone who's either an assistant uh, coach in the NRL or a former NRL head coach. I think Shane Flanagan is very unlikely. Um, as I've said before, you know, he's he's got a job on Fox NRL, gets paid good money, I imagine, to commentate. Um, and there's a number of coaches in the NRL under pressure. Obviously, Michael Maguire, uh, the West Tigers, former Wigan coach. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's knives being sharpened for him. Uh, Nathan Brown, former St. Helens coach at the Warriors. They're not doing, you know, outstandingly well. And, and Trent Barrett at uh, the Bulldogs, they've only won one game. Uh, former Wigan player, um, so yeah, there's a number of a number of coaches I think probably waiting there. Paul McGregor um, as well as another one, Paul Green. Um, but I think I think with Leeds, what happened with David Ferner? I think you know he's obviously fairly well liked in the NRL fraternity, and you know I think if you're looking at that situation and where Leeds are, is that as uh, enticing a job as it as it once was? I I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think they they really do need to find that that head coach um, very soon because I think the current situation as it is uh, is is really not working with the interim. And um, if you look at their performances since Richard Richard Agar was um, well moved on or he stepped down, however you want to put it, um, they've probably gotten worse than regardless and better, which is bizarre. But uh, it's not supposed to work out that way. It's not supposed to work out that way when a coach leaves. Like the performances get worse. But uh, mm. there you go. Uh, fr- two games on Friday in, in Super League. The, the Hull Derby, Hull Cow versus Hull FC. And I guess you'd have to make Hull Cow favourites. So it's on home soil. And arguably, I know uh, Hull, Hull FC are above them in the league, but only by a win. Probably playing the better rugby at the minute. Yeah, I think they are. They haven't won. Have they won a, they haven't won a derby for a while, though, have they? Was it that year they lost a 20-point lead or something that they always sing about? Yeah, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I thought the stats said that they haven't won one in a while. But, yeah, you think they would be slight slight favourites? I mean, I think it's fantastic that it's a sellout. Um, you know, shame, obviously, Michael Lewis isn't available. But, um, you know, the likes of, of Jake Connor up against Lock and Coote, um, yeah, it should be a, a fantastic occasion. Uh, they've won the last three, Hull FC. There you go. Um, last week, Volcan was 2019. I've got the uh, in touch email up so I can check. <laughs> I, 
All these games seem to meld into one, but I remember being at the, it was then the KCOM, I think it was pre-COVID, and um, did LFC put 50 on them? I think Tim Sheen's... 56-12, yes. Yeah, I think might have been one of Tim Sheen's last games. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll get a scoreline like that on, on Friday, though. Um, and, and I guess, what, what will we get between St. Helens and Wigan? Because on paper, you think St. Helens should win this one, and... But comfortably, he's a well, what is comfortable? He's eight points comfortable, he's 20 mm. points comfortable. But we're going to playing well as well. So, this should be a, a good couple of games for hopefully a, a big TV audience as well as two sellout crowds. Yeah, I mean, it's that old traditional rivalry, isn't it? And we can seem to be, you know, uh, in a much better place this season than they were last season. The camp, I mean, Zach Hardaker aside, seems a lot happier. Um, obviously, Joe Field is in sensational form. Um, every time he gets the ball, he looks like he's going to create something. Bevan French is back and, you know, I think starting to, you know, find some form as well. Um, Kate Custer's, you know, made an impact. I think um, the prop there, Patrick Margo, or Mago, he, he really, you know, he, he looks a great signing. Just his ability to, to break tackles and offload. And, you know, John Bateman's getting back to his best as well. They just, they seem a very happy bunch. And I think, you know, if anyone's going to, um, you know, knock St. Helens off the perch or at least, you know, put some pressure on them, he's going to be Wigan. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how that game goes. Obviously, they've got a repeat in, in a couple of weeks as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to, to have a good test of St. Helens. I think it'll be, I, I think it'll be a tight game. I don't think, I think it'll be pro- probably more defensive focused. Um, but uh, yeah, hard to hard to pick a winner. And the way the semi-finals and and the women's final have been drawn, that should be a really good day of rugby at Ellen Road because you've got the obviously the Huddersfield Hull KR game between two sides who want to get to Spurs, Saints Wigan, which you don't need to sell, and then the women's game should be between two very good sides if everything went to form in the Saints Featherstone game, and if it's York, and then you've got the revenge from last year in the Challenge Cup. If it's Leeds, you've got. Revenge from the uh, the grand final, whatever. So that is a really good day of rugby league, all on free television. This is, yeah, this is far too positive. Far too positive. <laughs> all we need is um, twenty five degrees and sunshine. Is that is that too much to ask? Um, I've, got, I've got sunshine in Wakefield, but you know. It's, yeah, I think it's I think it's about fifteen degrees. I mean, yeah, it could be a bit warmer, but no, that that should be a, a fantastic day down the road. Um, obviously. Uh, a famous football stadium. Um, I think the last rugby league game was 2018 England v New Zealand. Which right? was dreadful, wasn't it? Well, for England, at least. <laughs> it was. It was dreadful. It was dreadful for England. They'd already won the uh, the series by then. But yeah, no, great, great that all three games will be on the BBC. Hopefully, good numbers. Um, and yeah, I think I think there are they're, they're pretty evenly matched. All those games, as you said. We're not sure who will get in the women's final, but you'd be putting your money on St. Helens and Leeds? Yes, just to upset the old people. Um, John, uh, what would you like to promote and, and get people to pay you money for? I would never dream of such a thing. As I, as I told someone uh, earlier today, no one puts a gun to your head to pay for anything. <laughs> um, no, nothing, nothing to promote, no. But I uh, should have a should have a nice whole uh, Derby story in the eye on Friday, um, which you know you can go out and buy the newspaper. That's always uh, always the nice. Um, but it will, 
it will probably be online for free as well. So oh. if you if you type and you can read it online for free. But um, yeah, um, nothing no nothing to promote. No. If you, if you want to come, if you want if you enjoy uh, long reads and features and stories from the likes of myself and Steve Mascord and Ross Heppenstall, then there is a Patreon site out there for you. But if you don't, then no worries at all. Ross's story with Francis Maloney, definitely worth a read. Um... Yes, in the Times, um, a very sad tale uh, about a former player battling dementia. Um, I think uh, as Ross puts in his story, there's usually two um, schools of thought, isn't there, Rich? You know, one, you, you, you play that sport knowing that you could, you know, end up uh, with dementia in your, in your 40s or no one actually, you know, knows that risk. So, um, yeah. The kids you see running around at Super League and, and Championship and League One grounds before games playing mini rugby, they, they don't know. And, and you don't know. No. 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 You, you're doing it because you enjoy it. And unfortunately, as with everything, there's a risk, isn't it? Which is what you learn about later in life. But hopefully uh, Francis is as okay as, as can be. And, and hopefully things change for the better. That's all we can hope, isn't it? And they, they make these decisions for reasons that are to protect people. But some people don't want to be protected. I don't know. Uh, John, we'll, we'll, we'll see you back in the studio again soon, no doubt. I mean, hopefully. Um, you know, hopefully Phil's, you know, I'm, I'm sure it is to do with Leeds and Huddersfield. He's just sick with worry about. Um, I think, I mean, he could be the new coach of Leeds Rhinos. It could be <laughs> unveiling him as we speak. You know. He could do a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they could do a lot worse by appointing Scully. Um Obviously, he's coaching records. Uh, Better than John Kira Huddersfield. Better than John Kira Huddersfield. That's what I'll tell you. I'm Mal Reilly. They must have been bad at Huddersfield. <laughs> Huddersfield were bad at that point. Yeah. Um, John, a pleasure as ever. Uh, enjoy Headingley tomorrow. And uh, we, we shall no doubt see you again soon. And, and all you viewers, I don't know when we'll be back next week. Will it be uh, Easter week? Maybe on Wednesday again next week. I don't know. I'll have to check with Phil, see what he's up to. But uh, thanks for watching and listening and leave all your positive comments about how much you hate us because uh, we love it. Si eras de los que tenían todos los álbumes familiares en la sala o de los que guardaban toda la música en CDs, eras un genio y no lo sabías. Con Lenovo lleva tu ingenio a otro nivel porque con nuestra familia de computadores IdeaPad todos tus archivos multimedia tienen el rendimiento y potencia que necesitas. Encuéntranos en los principales almacenes de cadena del país. Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.